What's up, everybody? Welcome in. This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. Wow, we got a lot to talk about today. Busy day on the pod. Um, the basketballs fell last night to Mississippi State in their second SEC game. Disappointing, ferocious comeback. Fell just short at the end. And then, unless you've been living under a rock, you already know there's a ton of coaching news, both college and professional that we got to get to so jim ryan what's up boys what's up good price what did y'all think about the game last night obviously disappointing loss uh you know i'm not panicking or anything it's early it's a january loss you know so jim what, what what did you think about the game overall so i'm not gonna lie i watched the first half turned it off um somehow they come out at halftime look like a completely different team uh, really, really just want to point out that I'm really disappointed in the performance we got from Vescovy and Triple J, two extreme veterans in college basketball. And, ah, man, it's just if they just want even one of them showed up, we win that game, even with the terrible start. So it's frustrating, but it's really nice to see the, the heart they had to put it in to make a little bit of a comeback and make it an interesting game. Um, Dalton connects back, and um, yeah, I'm really interested in seeing what Ryan has to say because I know Ryan was a little bit frustrated yesterday. <laughs> well, Jim, I think I have a right to be. Um, I was, I talked to Josiah Jordan James when I was a sophomore in college the year before he came because he was on a recruiting trip with Rick Barnes, and Rick Barnes said, "This is your new point guard." That was six years ago, and this dude's dropping a whopping three points in his senior season on the road. I just don't understand. Vescovy, he, he played well on defense in the second half, but it's just frustrating. To, and like, there was a possession down the stretch where Josiah gave up an offensive rebound and then fouled the dude for an A1. Yeah. Like, you can't you, you can't have that from your seniors. Like, and Vescovy shouldn't have gotten two fouls in four minutes to start the game. Like, there's numerous things you, you can go into with, with those two, but – they, they they have got to get it turned around quickly. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about more from the game, but that was my main takeaway too, Jim. I mean, you got two people with 10 combined years of experience almost shitting their pants. Yeah, at what point do you look at it and say, do I put a young guy in this game? Maybe like a like a Jefferson or, or Carr, like put someone in that maybe will spark the game a little bit. I, we, we were lucky that Dalton Connect like just started going absolute crazy. You know, at some point in the game. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Mississippi State. Mississippi State is not a bad basketball team by any means, but Tennessee should have blown them out. And we saw it in the second half. If you got second half Tennessee in the first half, oh, boy, this is like a, a 20 point win. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, there's nothing to take away from Mississippi State. I mean, it is, a, it, is, it is a quad one loss on the road to a team that will be in the NCAA tournament. Tolu Smith and that Hubbard kid who looked like prime, like, Kobe. Like, I, I have no idea, like, the circus shots that he was 
getting to go in. Uh, that that was pissing me off. But besides that, Mississippi State is a good team. You're playing on the road where, you know, the refs are always going to be – you're always going to have a home whistle going against you on the road in the SEC. That's just the bottom line. I've watched it for 10-plus years now. It happens. Mm-hmm. But, like, Mississippi State is a good team. That's the, the whole point of that spill. Yeah, they are. I mean – it's still – they're not one of the teams we, you know, were worried about. Um, but, you know, anything can happen. I want to point to something that I haven't seen enough people talk about. Everybody's been, like, ragging on Triple J and Vescovy, rightfully so. But Adu is frustrating because it's like if the other team has an above-average big man, he's useless. Mm-hmm. Like – Kansas, Purdue, and now Mississippi State, anytime the other team has an effective big man, he can't do anything. It's like he, he can only beat up against terrible teams. Yeah, and we, we've seen it between, obviously, Zach Eady, uh, Dickinson, and yeah. uh, Baycott. And yep. those three are, don't get me wrong, those three are the best three big men in the league, but I didn't expect him to to struggle like that today. And I'm not expecting Adu to score 20 points a game, but I mean, getting fouled out did not help this team. And I don't know. It seems like Rick Barnes is so stuck with like his rotation of seven or eight, but like in a game like that, I feel like at, at one point you have to try something else. Yeah, I mean, a, a walk ended up fouling out too. It was mm-hmm. near, near the end of the game, but but he did as well. I mean, you've got to build some post depth when when they do just. It, it looks like he just gets overpowered against decent big men, like like Bryce alluded to. It's happened four times now. That that was the reason we lost in all of our losses. And it, like he he needs to step up at some point and decide like I'm not I'm going to rise to the occasion for once against one of these premier big men. Tolu Smith is a premier big man. He's a he's a senior. He's good. Everybody saw it last night. Yeah, absolutely. And you remember the posts I posted about the first S- the first eight SEC games that we have, and I gave us a loss because I knew we would lose one game, at a, like one slip up at least. And now we can't slip up at all because, like I, I said, you know, you could come out of that first eight six and two, I'd be happy because Kentucky on the road is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game, um, but Georgia's no joke. South Carolina's no joke, and Alabama's turning it around. So now you got all these games. Luckily, these like the South Carolina and Alabama game this go around are at home. But still, you know you got a you got a tough stretch of games here, and it's only be, the beginning. Yeah, I mean it, that's one where. You're going to have to pick up a game later on that you probably shouldn't win just to make up for that. Kentucky, please. You, you, you definitely can't You definitely can't lose on Saturday. I mean, back-to-back losses would, would not look great. I mean, I know they're both on the road, and we've stressed over and over again how tough it is to win on the road in conference, but, you know. We're I, lucky that all the teams ahead of us lost. Yeah. Because Kentucky, I guarantee you, will be the number one team in the country. They're going to have to be. If they win Saturday, because I, I believe they play Saturday, don't they? If they win Saturday, I would be shocked if they're not number one. 
Yeah, they played at Texas A&M Saturday. Yeah, so I'd be shocked if they're not because with Purdue losing to Nebraska by, what, almost 20? Mm-hmm. You know, and Kansas falling down. I, I don't see a lot of movement other than, like, Kentucky making a jump. But, you know, it's – you can't be losing games like that, man. That's a game you shouldn't have lost. You're way better than that team. Well, I mean, I, I'm just, I, I, go ahead, Bryce. I, I'm just saying, you know, I know Georgia's two and zero in the conference. I mean, they beat two teams that aren't very good. You you can't you can't stumble again. You can't go down to Athens and lose. I mean, it's way too early to call it a must win game, but right. you can't feel good about it if you're if you start off one and two in SEC play and you haven't even played Kentucky yet. You haven't even played South Carolina yet. You haven't even played Auburn yet. Like that's got to be very disappointing. All right. Yeah, absolutely. And can we just talk about like, where did Jordan Ganey go? Like what happened to him? He's been MIA since like before Maui. Like I, I don't know what the deal is with him. He's, he's in a horrific shooting slump. Number one. He's not that great on defense, number two. And when you add in turnovers, he's unplayable. I don't know why he – I mean, it's, it's part of the reason, and you said, Jim, earlier, why don't we look at somebody else off the bench? We did look at Freddie DeLeon off the bench in the first half for a, a little stretch there, and he made some good plays. So I expect Freddie DeLeon to play on Saturday because Jordan Ganey is just not cutting it right now, bottom line. I even like the car kid. I think I think he's got so much energy to him, and the kid wants to play. You know, uh, I love all our seniors. I think you know Triple J and Vesky obviously had a you know a bad game, which is okay. Like we we just couldn't afford having two of them do that. But um, I don't know the way I look at this game. You can look at it two ways. You can look at it the negative way, which a lot of people are, or you look at it in the positive note. Honestly, I'm glad we had this game now. Because I think this team is going to turn it around, and they should go into Athens and roll over Georgia, and gain some confidence back, and go on a little bit of a run. Until you need to have that run up until the Kentucky game, because Kentucky's not unbeatable. I, mean, I hate to tell all you Kentucky fans, you guys aren't unbeatable. You guys lost to Wilmington at home. Okay, you could lose to a Tennessee team at home, and. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this. I think this loss came at the best time it could come at. I wouldn't want to win these first three games and then have a horrific loss. You know, the last the the last time Tennessee won the SEC regular season in basketball, we started zero and two in conference. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's by no means you know a death sentence or anything. It's just like you said, Jim. Kind of piggybacking off of that, I think it is pretty impressive actually when you think about the fact that. Triple J, Vescovy. I know you said two, but like really it's three. I mean, Adu had nine points, but like really three of your starting five did nothing. And yep. and you still had a chance to win at the end. And Jordan Ganey did nothing. So Z- literally zero. That's that's four players that you know you 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 rely on. That's four players that didn't show up and you still almost won. Yeah, I mean, this team's got heart. It's just like, I feel like it's every game, and you guys could probably agree with me. It's like this: they come out in the first four minutes, it's like, who the heck is this team? It's it's like almost every game, it feels like, where 
you expect this team to go up 15 like they did at Michigan State during the exhibition game, and they don't. And then you go into halftime, and it's like a five-point game instead of it being like a 20-point game. Yeah. The slow they, they start definitely – it's definitely a thing. It, it's not a fluke anymore. It's yeah. always been a thing. Um, like, it's hard to beat uh, – we've already covered that Mississippi State is a great team. It's hard to beat bad teams on the road when you start out the way we did shooting. Like, 22 points in one half, bro? points in the first half. That's a problem. Yeah. The fact that we scored 50-plus 50, 50 points – 50 points exactly actually in the mm-hmm. second half is a is a testament of how good this team is and that's with that's with two of your players at three like Bryce said three of your players star players struggling mm-hmm. if we could have Dalton connect stay like that oh boy you, I mean but we can't we can't rely on just him and well, Zakai and we've said it before like this team can survive one or two players having an off night, just not four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like last night would have been the perfect time for Ganey to have double digits off the bench. Like that would have been game changing. But, you know, he can't, not many teams can't afford four players that regularly contribute, not contributing very much. Like what team could survive that? I mean, Connect and Ziegler did all they could. And I think if they had just an iota of help from someone else, that's a Tennessee easy win. I think if Aiden didn't foul out, we won that game. Yep. That's just my opinion. I think that really was a killer at the end of the game. And don't get me wrong, I, don't, I think that last call was not right. But, I mean, you shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. No. Like, the Bryce just said, if you have nobody show up, except two, two players, you, you get what you got. And that's all there is to it. Nobody else hit a three besides Dalton Connectors, Zakai Ziegler. They they combined for 52 – no, 54 points out of the, <laughs> out of the 72. That's, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, Zakai Ziegler is going to get hurt again if he's having to play 35-plus minutes every fucking night. Like, and it shouldn't be like that, that man. That, that's just going to happen. And – I, I really want to see Freddie DeLeon get all of Jordan Ganey's minutes next game. I mean, I, I, you I want, said it can't. I mean, what could it hurt? Like, if Ganey can't play a lick of defense, so if he's not hitting threes, then there is no point in playing him. 05, 04 from three, one turnover. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a net negative. I mean, you just, there's no, if you're, you're three pointer off the bench, your three point shooter off the bench can't hit a shot. I mean, bye. And I, I don't think – I'm not saying for the rest of the season, and I don't think you are either. I mean, I think we still think Ganey's a good player. Like He is, I, absolutely. I still think I still think he'll come up big in March. I mm-hmm. think he's just a streaky shooter, and he's probably got some confidence stuff going on right now. Um, yeah, but, but if I'm, I'm him, if I'm him, I'm in the gym hitting thir- 300 shots a day. Like, you, if you want to be something, he needs to be fixing that issue. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, it doesn't bother anybody more than it bothers him. So I'm sure he'll get it fixed. But like you said, Ryan, there needs to just be a a spark. Make a change to try to light a spark. Jefferson. Jefferson. Is he even alive? 
bro, like, why doesn't he play? Like, you can't be that bad on defense. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, the guy who chooses... yeah, exactly, exactly. His right? dad's a coach, though. I mean, exactly. And I, I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's some form of pressure when your dad's the assistant coach, and he probably vouched for his son to be transferring into Tennessee. Like, but at some point, Rick Barnes has to say, "Listen, uh, your son's not cutting it, and we're gonna have to put him way down the bench. Unless he gets it right within the next two games, I expect that to happen." Yeah, but I expect this team to turn around. I think I think uh, this was, like I said earlier, I think this was a good time to have this game. Yeah, I mean, we, we've already been over that it's not going to be an easy game on Saturday. Georgia is a pretty good team this year. Also, we, we won there when, when two years ago, whenever it was the, the Kennedy Chandler year, we won by seven. The last time we won in Athens before that was 2000. 11. So it's not very often we go down there and win. So we're going to have to bring a good effort again. Well, and I got, uh, I got some more bad news. Um, Georgia has a seven foot tall guy. So perfect. Well, I did. I mean, that's, but is he good? Is he good? I'll I'll miss out a seven foot five guy. And that didn't matter much. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you could drop 20 on a guy like that, But, but we, it's just, he needs a lick of talent, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he leads them in rebounds, which he should if he's seven foot tall, but we'll see. Yeah. I think, I think... Adu struggles with the physicality. I don't think he struggles with the, the height and the length because he's right. as, as as lengthy as anybody. He struggles with the physicality. Right. So if this guy's like seven foot two eighty, he might struggle. Yeah. Well, anything else? Basketball, basketball wise, you guys wanted to hit on tonight. I'm just going to say this right now, and for the record, I think I'm a I'm gonna call it a bold take. I think this is going to be the only loss you'll see for a while in Tennessee basketball. I don't think that's a stretch. This team is is like as long as they avoid the disaster starts for. A, Normally the disaster starts for five minutes before last night. You can't have them ha- have them last the whole half and went on the road. So if we don't do that. I totally agree with you, Jim. Well, I think it's just going to be a pissed off Tennessee team, and that's what you need to be. I don't know how a team like that with the competition, you know, the the talent they have, they're going to be pissed off. And ex- especially guys like Vescovy and Triple J, I expect to be pissed off, and I expect them to go on a big run here. Yeah, I, I do have one more thing to say, Bryce, before we move on to. Are there topics? We saw Mississippi State look like a JV team whenever we pressed. Why weren't we doing that from the beginning of the game? Mm, yep. We, if, if we need to scout Georgia and how, like, if they have good good ball handlers or not, and if they don't, we need to be pressing from the word go on Saturday starting at noon. Simple. Because they looked awful. We would not have been in that game if we didn't start full court pressing. And I wish we would have started earlier. I agree. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to doubt Rick Barnes, but it does seem like he gets a little hard-headed sometimes. Like you said earlier about the the rotation, not expanding the rotation especially, but and you got quick guys on the bench man, like that want that'll go get the ball in situations like that. But well, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Well, so we know 
what's going on with basketball. So now we got to move to the elephant in the room. So you see what literally. I did? see what I did there? Yeah, 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 literally. So Nick Saban, Lord Vader, has retired. Gone. Get him out. Bye, Felicia. That is. It still doesn't feel real. It feels kind of like a fever dream. It's like I can't believe the bad man's really gone. Um, and obviously, we're going to get into what that means for us, for Tennessee, like where we think they go from here, yada, yada, yada. We'll get into all that. But it really is crazy that it just came out of nowhere like that. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure the Alabama AD knew about it. But the fact that it just came out of nowhere yesterday and, um, you know, National Signing Day is a month away. It's just crazy. What what was you guys' initial reaction when you heard? I didn't believe it. Like, I had to look at a million pages to make sure it was correct. Hey, as soon as I saw it was from VFL Chris Lowe, I took it at his word. But the first thing I did was call my mom because she's married to an Alabama fan. <laughs> the second thing I did was call uh, my brother that went to Tennessee with me, who I dorm with and has Hall and Ball Hall. And the third thing I did was touch myself. <laughs> well, the way I look at the at, at Nick Saban leaving is all the recruits that literally picked Bama to go play for Nick Saban. Well, yeah, and it's already a thing. Like, did y'all see the five star Ryan Williams, one of the top gone. receivers? He gone. He's going to uh, Auburn. I guarantee it. Yeah. After what well, happened at that basketball game with him? Yeah. Well, the, the thing about it is. I don't think anybody goes to Alabama because of the booming metropolis of Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody goes to Alabama because of the the culture and in, in, in the state. Like the the reason people go is because Nick Saban gets you to the NFL and he's the best coach of all time, and now yeah. he's gone. And like, I don't. And they're think not we, getting anyone good either. That, well, the, they they might be get somebody good, but they will not be half as good as Nick Saban was. Well, well, that's kind of my point though. Like. First of all, I think this is where you're going, Jim. First of all, if you're already an established coach at a top Power 5 program like Sarkeesian or Dan Lanning, why would you want the Alabama job? Like, it, I know that everybody everybody like thinks of Alabama as a top job, and I'm not saying it's not. I mean, it's, it's definitely a top job. But in this scenario, I don't think it's the best job because – why would you want to go there right after Saban had a historic run of dominance? Unless you win a championship your first year, everybody's going to hate you. Like the, it's kind of like what we talked about with Kelly and the lady Vols. Like after Pat summit, taking that job after Pat summit is terrible because everybody's mm-hmm. expectations are sky high and it's going to be the same thing in Alabama. Do you, do you really think that the Bammers are going to be fine if you go nine and three, no, if you go nine and three, your first year, they're going to fucking hate you. Yeah. And from what I've read from on three and take it with a grain of salt, but Lane Kiffin ain't coming. Dan Lanning ain't coming. And Dabo Sweeney ain't coming. I know they, they don't want Dabo Sweeney, but um, what that doesn't leave you with a lot. Honestly, I think the best candidate for them is going to be Mike Norvell from Florida state because his buyout so low. And he's going to bring some good athletes to the table, but I, th- I think uh, I think this is a huge win for the rest of the SEC. 
If Mike Norvell goes to Alabama, that would be the biggest cuck sports move since Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. After he spent a month crying, <laughs> that would not be a great look for him. But you can't beat him, I, join him. Yeah, I would well, also, well, I don't know if it actually sorry to cut you guys off, but just posted on three, uh, the NCAA is expected to penalize Florida State for NIL related violations. So that I don't know, that might be a, a dip out situation. Out yeah. yeah, he's definitely leaving then. Um, that that isn't interesting. I think Norvell's probably of the names that we've mentioned, probably the most likely, and I think he's a good coach. I mean, he's young. He has had success in the South. I mean, he took Memphis to a Cotton Bowl. Like, that's pretty impressive. Um, and then, obviously, the debacle with Florida State, their season this year, pretty impressive. The one thing is, though, is I don't know if he is the best recruiter. I mean, Bud Elliott of 24-7 Sports covers uh, Florida State, and he was talking about how relative to their on-field success, you have to be disappointed with Florida State's recruiting class this year. Like, considering they just won – 13 games, you'd think it would be better. I mean, they got out recruited by Miami. Like, Miami got all the best players out of their own backyard. So, like, that's the thing. Um, but he is young, and like I said, he's had success in the South. So, it's not like a short-term hire, you know? Because I've seen some people, which I think this is completely stupid, but I've seen some people float like Pete Carroll. Like, why? Hmm. Like, that just doesn't make sense. I think they want to hire – they want another hire that's going to last for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, I totally agree. The, the thing, one thing, Bryce, you went on the spill about nobody wants to follow Saban. I think college coaches are cocky by nature. I, I hesitate to think that somebody won't be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go there and keep it running because I'm the best because college coaches are head cases. So maybe that, that won't be a factor, but it's like I said, like, you will never see a run of dominance like Alabama had with Nick Saban ever again in college football. Mm-hmm. It's they, nobody's ever going to live up to that. And, you know, they're about to maybe do what they did from the mid-90s to the 2000s, which is go through coaches like shoes. <laughs> well, I mean, it, go ahead, Jim. I was just, just going to say, can we just say that uh, Alabama might have a two-loss streak every year for a while like are we just gonna agree with that two losses uh on their schedule at least yeah i mean I, people might think this is an overreaction but you know no not knowing who the next coach is going to be i don't think it's even an overreaction to say i don't think you can go ahead and guarantee an alabama loss every year anymore i mean i know most of us with bvs and stuff like we all kind of just assume Alabama is going to be a loss every year, but I don't, I mean, you can't do that anymore. You don't have Saban there. Like, right. Look about this game coming up this year, Bryce. Like yeah. now it's like, Oh, Oh man, we could, we could beat Bama and we could potentially look at a 10 to 11 win season. Yeah. They got to walk into Neyland with the Prince who was promised. Under and if it's Mike Norvell, Ryan, he's <laughs> never experienced that. Bring me his head on the spike. Oh, yeah, and the crowd's going to – we're ready. We're ready. But the the big – like, people undersell how much coaches mean. They, they kind of think it's more the talent, which, to be fair, the coaches in college football are in charge of the talent. But on game day, Nick Saban was a defensive savant, master motivator. You could go on and on. 
that will I'll be gone. And it like well, that's I wouldn't the thing. Be like, Alabama's great because of Nick Saban. I mean, it's as simple as that. Like they're not getting these freaks without Nick Saban. Mm-mm. Well, look at the guy that just left. Like you said, Ryan Williams. He was there for Nick Saban, and that was it. Clearly. Like he, literally, they announced he was retired. He literally decommitted an hour later. Yeah. From 1995 to 2006, we lost to Alabama two times. Um, we, like, because they were shuffling through coaches, like like I said earlier. Like, like it, it, when, when they don't have Nick Saban – this rivalry completely changes. Like pe- people have grown up, like like you said, Bryce earlier, that you're guaranteeing a loss against Alabama every year. That's not yeah, the case anymore. I I totally agree with that. Everybody our age, Ryan, like grew up that way. You know, like you just go ahead and circle an L around Alabama because that's just how it's been. And to think that any coach is going to come in and immediately duplicate those results is foolish i mean like you said ryan i think you nailed it on the head like what about it's not like there's anything about tuscaloosa that has inherent benefits except for the fact that alabama does produce a lot of quality high school players but most of their top players are not from alabama and like like you said it's in tuscaloosa like who who wants to live in alabama it's not by the beach i mean even athens i think is a good college town like, I could understand living in Athens, but, like, I don't think Tuscaloosa on its own is a draw, like you said. I think it's Saban, it's the championships, it's the NFL. And mm-hmm. um, the Cover 3 podcast talked about it today a little bit. No, I was just saying I don't think Tuscaloosa has inherent benefits like some other places do. Like Knoxville and Athens and, you know, th- those cities are – people like living there. I don't think Tuscaloosa without Saban – and all the championships and the promise of the NFL. I mean, what do they have going for them? Yeah, uh, Nick Saban a- lives in Florida during the offseason. He doesn't live in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Why would he? <laughs> so, well, do you guys actually think? And this is this is kind of where I wanted to go. I know it's exciting. We want them to suffer for a little while, like they've made everybody else suffer. But I do want to be kind of serious about it. What do y'all think is the actual – it's hard because we don't know who the coach is going to be, right? But where do you think Alabama goes for the next five years? Like, obviously, they're not going to be Vandy or they're not going to be South Carolina. Like, they're not going to be that bad. But, like, what level of the SEC do you think they'll be at? Uh, I I truly think that you could see – well, I won't go five years. I'll say the next three years – Especially next year. Next year, I expect Alabama to lose three games, at least. I mean, their schedule is rough. And um, it's going to be tough for a coach to come in, and especially if they don't do it fast. It's going to be tough for a coach to come in and just be a 10-win team with a schedule like that and in the SEC, especially if it's Mike Norvell. Yeah, I mean, you saw what happened to him against Georgia. Like... Yeah, I, and I don't care. Like all your players were out. Like that was going to happen regardless. Like, and that's what I don't know. I, I think Alabama is going to be a, a a two loss team for a while, and uh, it's going to be hard to replace Nick Saban. Man, I mean, it's hard to replace the greatest of all time. 
So you think yeah, they'll I'm, still be competing like in the 12 team playoff era? No, I, I think my thing is with two losses, it's going to be hard to be in the playoff with six conference champions getting automatically in. That's true. Ryan, what but, do you think? Sorry. I'm, I'm going a little bit lower. I think they're eight and four, nine and three next year at, at best. Like I, I, can, I, I said it earlier, you cannot undersell how much Nick Saban means to Alabama. Like, he, he probably could have gotten Vanderbilt to consistently win, winning ten games a year. Like he, he is. It's it's going to be a lot different, and like that they they might come up with it with a ten win in the next five years, but I really see eight to nine because the thing about like even when they were middling in the two thousands, they were paying players just like everybody. But now everybody gets to pay players and it's not a secret anymore. Like everybody is using the money. It's not just a few teams. And one of those teams was always Alabama. Um, like, and you don't have saving. Like they're, they're going to fall off pretty, pretty like dramatically. And there's no talent on who leaves. Well, that's the thing too. Like depending on what coach they can get in there, they're going to have to do it soon. Right. Because, you want to stop the bleeding on the recruits leaving and people jumping in the portal. Um, and they, they still need a DC too. Like that's another thing. Like Kevin Steele also retired. It's not like it's the exact same staff, just minus Saban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, the, the report yesterday is they want to be done with this in 72 hours. And now we're, we're at, we're at 48 now. So they're, they're wanting well, to move fast. Right? It was yesterday, right? So 24, wasn't it? Yeah. 48 hours left is, is what I meant. Gotcha. But, like, the the point is they're wanting to move fast. And if they move that fast, I don't know if they're going to get the the guy who is the best fit for the job. They're, they're just trying to get the spot filled, like you said, Bryce, to stop the bleeding in recruiting. Okay, well, let me ask you all this. If you were the AD at Alabama, who would you be going after right now? Uh, Honestly, I'd be going after Sarkeesian. Yeah, me too. But he ain't going nowhere. But but how true is the stuff I'm hearing about Nick Saban still having an office and stuff? I guarantee you that's true. If that's true, who would want to go coach there? Yeah, he's going to be micromanaging the piss out of whoever is there. I think it's the reason Dan Lanning didn't go. But also Dan Lanning has probably the best NIL-like situation in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All that Nike money. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but it's the same thing with with Sark, though. I mean, he Texas is Texas again. Like, Texas – and Texas is one of the most powerful brands in college sports. Like, everybody knows their logo. Everybody knows the Longhorns. So, mm-hmm. would you really leave that, though, for Alabama? No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. the only way that, that I could see that is if the, they weren't coming to the SEC next season. And, and, but they and are. a boatload of money. Yeah, yeah. It, it would probably take fifteen to twenty million to get Sarkeesian to Tuscaloosa, which is not <laughs> that's not going to happen. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be Mike Norvell. I do too. Just, I think that makes the most sense. I think it would be the most seamless transition. Um, and unlike Lane Kiffin, he wouldn't he wouldn't drive him crazy. The boosters crazy like Kiffin would. Uh, I, I don't think – everybody knows Kiffin wants the job. That's Kiffin's dream job. He can't leave. 
I don't think I don't honestly I don't think Alabama's boosters would put up with him. I don't think his antics and his trolling I, I don't think they would have the patience for it. I think he's in a good spot where he's at, to be honest. I do think Lane Kiffin could handle some of the pressure, but it's it's like you said, Bryce. The once you you know start pissing off the people who fund the program, it's not going to work out long. The the guy yeah. that I, I the, the the guy that I want them to hire because I think it would be a massive <coughs> a massive mistake that kind of makes sense. It well it made sense like four or five years ago, but not really anymore now. Is Dabo Sweeney? I think that would be a tremendous failure. Um, yeah, because he doesn't use the portal. Yeah, he he doesn't commit to NIL or use yeah exactly. Well, the I, guy, their their fans have already said like it will be hell if Dabo Sweeney gets hired. Yeah, but the the guy that that I want that I that I would hire if I were them, I would go make Jim Harbaugh say no. I would go make uh, Kalen DeBoer say no. Yep. And I, who's and the I would Washington make, coach? Yeah, Kalen DeBoer. DeBoer. Yeah, I think he's another good one that they might try and get. And, and and then lastly, if you strike out on those two, I, I would go make Lincoln Riley say no. But L- Lincoln Riley runs from the SEC, so that he probably has no interest in coming back. So yeah, he's just gonna get slaughtered. Well, another name. There's a couple more names I saw thrown out, and it's I think it's strictly just because. Well, number one, D'Amico Ryan's. Um, I don't think that he would do that though because. He's got C.J. Stroud. He's got an NFL job, and he's got. He's the doing fantastic. He yeah. doesn't have to recruit. What about Bill Belichick? No <laughs> way. No. What do you think? You can't. Alabama ain't gonna throw twenty million at Bill Belichick. Well, listen. Somebody did say. Somebody did suggest Mike Vrabel, which. Oh my God! Please no. Think about that for a second. Now, if Mike Vrabel went to Alabama and it actually like worked out, and. Just imagine how sick Ohio Ohio State fans might go like kill Ryan Day if that happened. <laughs> so you really think uh, Mike Vrabel is not going to wait for Ohio State job because it's coming? I, I, I think that's true, Jim. I don't think Vrabel's leaving the NFL unless it's Ohio State. Yeah, well, I don't think I think he's going to be the Patriots coach because Bill well, Belichick wins, is gone. When he goes three and thirteen at the, three and fourteen at the Patriots, then he might go back to Ohio State. We'll see. Well, yeah. yeah. How long does Ryan Day stay in? I mean, at this point, like they they've been calling for his head for the past two years. Well, especially when your arch rival just won the national championship. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Day this season. I thought it was on him this year. Yeah. Same thing with yeah. Billy Napier, though. Like, well, Sunbelt Billy's done, dude. He he he's got no chance. And I saw a list. Uh, the I think it was like Fandle the odds to be the next Alabama coach and Sunbelt Billy was on the list somehow. I, that, <laughs> I wish that has to be a joke. Cause like, no, I would rather hire Forrest Gump than Billy Napier. Like that, that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I would love it. Um, yeah. A lot of other people though have mentioned uh, Deion Sanders. I think that would be an absolute. Oh disaster. my God. Uh, I think it would be a disaster. I don't think, I mean, let's just, Call a spade a spade. I don't He's think there the, for the clicks, bro. Well, I don't think that the old white billionaires and hundred millionaires that give Alabama money are going to be okay with Dion as the head coach. Really, I I don't know. It, it, I think he would annoy them. I think he would be. 
Um, yeah, but think about just 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 think about it for a second. If he did become the coach, that would be a massive get. Because think about all the players he's pulling in at Colorado. Yeah, it would sell tickets and it would get recruits. Um, I've said it before. I don't think Dion is a very good X's and O's coach. Correct. He's a great marketer. He's a great recruiter. And by all by all accounts, he's a pretty cool guy. But I don't think he's a very good X and O's coach. And I don't think he would fit in very well. Ryan, you would know better than me. Do you think the boosters of Alabama would go for a guy like Dion? No, he's he's not buttoned up enough. It's the um, same way. I don't think they'd go for Kiffin. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. It has nothing to do, to do with race. Um, well, it, it might, but I'm not going to speak for them. But, um, hell, what was I going to say? Just talking about Alabama. Uh, Deion Sanders. Yeah. Um, Dion, like, I, I think that if, if they were to hire Dion, he would have to take a pay cut to hire coaches that know what they're doing X's and O's wise. Um, because I really don't think – I think he whenever he succeeded at Jackson State, he had the talent advantage big time. And you saw what happened in the Pac-12 this year or the, the Big 12 this – whatever – shit-ass conference that they were in. He went 4-8 and eight when he didn't have the talent advantage. So he would have to take a pay cut to hire some decent coaches to to run with him, and he, and he would take more take on more of a role of a CEO if, if he were to get the job. And if he doesn't do that, he will be gone in less than three years. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Like I said, I think – I don't know. Dion and Lane Kiffin just don't seem like the personality that Alabama is going for. Um, I think – they're, they're going to go a different direction. Ultimately, like we said, I think DeBoer from Washington and Norvell from Florida State are probably the most realistic. Um, I know Washington, people might say, why would he leave Washington? They're, they were just at the top, you know, but Washington ain't recruiting like Alabama's recruiting. The, the best players in high school are in the South. It's a real thing. And Washington doesn't have quite the NIL advantage that Oregon does in the Pacific Northwest. So you're playing second fiddle to Oregon and you don't get, you don't recruit very well in the South. So that's why he would do it. Yep. How about we move on to the in-state coaching vacancy? Oh, you mean the NFL? Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, so I'm really actually curious to hear Jim's opinion on it because something that I've noticed, um, especially in the media, media outside of Tennessee thinks this is the stupidest move ever, and media and fans from Tennessee who are around the team and watch every game think it's a smart move. So I don't know what that tells you. Um and to me, we don't talk a lot of NFL on here, but what I can say is over the years, anybody who knows me, I was kind of the one of the first people out on Vrabel. Um, he's always seemed like an egomaniac to me, which is proven true, by the way. Um, an egomaniac, his way of the highway, stuck in his ways kind of guy, not willing to adapt to the times. 
And I think he had a problem with Rand Carthon becoming the general manager. It's not who he wanted. And he threw a hissy fit about it. And uh, I think he kind of thought he was more important than he is. Do I think he's a good coach? Yeah, I think he's a really good coach. And you can it's not mutually exclusive. I can think it was the right move to fire him while also admitting he's a good coach. It's just not the right coach for the team at this point. They need a younger offensive mind. See if Levis, you know, see if Levis is the guy or not. Um, you need somebody that's willing to work with the GM. Variable clearly wasn't. And you, uh, we need to stop pretending that the Titans are a good team and start admitting that we have to rebuild. Vrabel didn't want to do that. So it is what it is. I mean, could it go wrong? Absolutely. But I think I think that they wouldn't have done it unless they had a pretty good idea where they were going to go. Yeah. Bryce, why don't we hear – Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. You are a self-admitted casual Titans fan, correct? I feel like that might be a a, a push. Um, a new a newer Titans fan. I, I, I'm interested. I'm interested in it. Um, I've been a Giants fan my whole life. We suck every year. Uh, seems like we never get good. Um, now I do get. I did get to live through two Super Bowls, which was cool. Which is why but, I feel no sympathy for you. But go on. But <laughs> I think this was a dumb move. I, I do. I think uh, you're right. I think he needed uh, – I don't know which one of you said it, but the fact that, you know, he wasn't willing to take uh, – like go into a rebuild was was stupid on his part. But the fact that he had three winning seasons and then just two bad ones and then you're just going to count them. And then not only that, I feel like you're going to lose a couple from the locker room from it. Well. And – to, to that, I would say good riddance. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jim. No, you're good. The, like, the, when we had those three winning seasons, the AFC South was putrid, awful, terrible, butt cheeks. You, any, any synonym that you want to use or adjective, I'm sorry. Like, it was horrendous, and he did good to do well in those years. Like, we were scraping by by the skin of our teeth in a lot of those games. In the last two years, these close games have caught up with us because I don't think he's that good in close games. You, you can blame it on the roster, but the Bryce said it on, on his first spill about Vrabel. Like he's hesitant to change any anything about the way he plays, no matter what the roster looks like. And when you have a worse roster, you might want to consider making some changes. And I think that's what eventually did him in. To now, to people who say, "I wish we would have traded something for him." Like, the only trade partner you had, based on a lot of reports, like the only one that was realistic was the New England Patriots. I don't want the Titans to go hat in hand to the New England Patriots and be like, oh, please take our coach. Man, that's stupid. If you if you are considering trading him, then you don't get what you want to trade. Where are we going to keep him? Well, like, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're considering trading him in the first place, just go ahead and fire him. Like, I, I, I can't stand, like, people who want to just – Kneel down to the Patriots and beg, like, please take our coach. Can I chime in real quick? Because I did yeah. want to mention something about that. So the the thing about the trade that I don't think people understand, you cannot just trade a coach willy-nilly like you can a player. I don't understand why people don't 
don't realize that with a coach contract. So that would take three to four weeks to go through. Number one, number two, Vrabel has to agree to it. When you're trading a player, unless they have a no trade clause, they don't have to agree to it. Vrabel would have to agree to the trade. Why would he do that? Why would he knowingly strip his his future team of draft capital? Like, say the Patriots are offering us a first-round pick. Why would Vrabel want to approve that trade? Because then when he goes to the Patriots, they have one less first-round pick. Yeah, they have like, some roster troubles as, as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's stupid. Like, it, it, that's not – of course, the trade was always going to be a long shot. It does happen. Like Sean Payton got traded, but in that scenario, it's a little bit different. You have more time to kind of think about it. With this, like Amy Adams said, there's like seven other teams that already have head coach openings. If you're waiting three or four weeks for a trade to go through, you're going to mm-hmm. miss out on the top names. Yep. So. Absolutely. Just if you know you're going to fire him, just fire him and just start over. And I know, like, on the outside, it looks stupid. I know Jim Jim is not a casual fan. I, I'm not saying about this about Jim. But a lot of casuals just see it as they look at his Wikipedia page and they're like, oh, he won Coach of the Year two years ago. It That must be a stupid decision when it's it's a lot more nuanced than that. If If it was just football-related, I don't think – he would have been fired. It's the fact that there was some drama behind the scenes and a lot of politicking going on that ultimately got him fired. So Jim, I think you're hundred percent right. If, if you look at like he had three winning seasons and then two bad seasons, you're right. I don't think he would have got fired for that. I think it's the extra shit on the side that really uh, did him in. Right. Yeah, but, uh, a few more points, Bryce, if I may. Yeah. Um, the When you have $90 million in cap space, you have eight, eight draft picks coming up in the next draft. Like I've heard a lot, like my, my brother said this, who I have season tickets with. I'm at every Titans game. I, I'm, I'm not just sitting I, – I like, I'm committed. Like I, I go, I sit in the cold even to watch a team that's abysmal. He told me that he, he would want to give Rabel some games next year to see if he can prove it with a, a better roster. And to that I say, if he failed, you're now set back even more. Because if, if you like have all this cap space, you have all this draft capital, and you have any inkling of him you know, being hard to deal with behind the scenes or not a very good coach when it comes to like close game situations, just start over and let the, the, this new regime build the roster to how they want to play. Because Rabel would have got like – like three fullbacks, like six guards, like it, it would have been silly. Yeah, it's a lot of resources that could be squandered if you have the wrong guy at the helm. So, and and you would have been set back even further. And it, it came out today, Bryce. I don't know if you saw it. And 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 Jim, he wanted Ryan Cowden, the who was in house after John Robinson got fired, to be the GM. And I'm not surprised at all at that because Vrabel never hired anybody from, from outside the organization because he always wanted to be the, the figurehead of the Titans. And he is not bigger than the Titans. Like he, this has been, a, this has been a franchise for going on 60 years now. This is not like Vrabel is not the Titans. He wanted he to be the to, alpha in every situation. Yeah. And like, 
the Titans will live on without Mike Rabel. And and the last time Amy Adams made a somewhat controversial coaching decision, I would argue it was even more concerning, but it worked out because she hired she fired Mike Malarkey after he won a playoff game. Yeah. And she hired Vrabel. And Vrabel turned out to be good for the time he was here before he ruined it for himself. So I trust Amy Adams and whoever she has under her to make to help her make these decisions because she didn't get it wrong last time. Yeah, I mean, and, and last thing I'll say is I do think Vrabel will be successful somewhere else because I do think the Patriots, Bob Kraft, I do think will give him full control like he wants. And he probably will succeed somewhere else. I mean, usually that's what happens. I mean, you learn your you learn your lessons at one place and you use it to, you know, better yourself at your next job. So it wouldn't be surprising, but that doesn't necessarily mean that this was a bad decision. Like I said, it's not just a football decision. It's deeper than that. Yeah. Um, but I know Jim's excited because he's going to dust off his Will Levis Kentucky jersey and wear it to the home games oh, next year. God. I wish they would just trade his ass. What if the Titans got Bill Belichick and the Patriots got Vrabel? That'd be sick. Uh, I feel like it's just an even swap at this point. Bill Belichick is just trash without Tom Brady. Facts. But. Well, I don't know. I mean, all, all in all, I think it was a pretty positive week. I mean. Like I said, just be ready. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in this basketball team. Yeah, I agree. It if does not feel now, different. Yeah, if not this Saturday, when? When? Like, when is it going to happen? So, like, I don't know. I think it's. I don't know. It just feels different. It just does. I don't know how to describe it, but. Last year, I never had confidence. I was surprised we got as far as we did, to be completely honest. Um, but this year, I feel like there's nothing really stopping this team. So we'll oh. be back this weekend to hopefully break Heck down. Yeah, hopefully break down a win from Saturday. And we need to order our tickets for the Vandy game so we could all go. Yeah, and oh, also, hopefully, so Sunday's episode. You guys won't want to miss because we'll be breaking down the win in Athens and we'll most likely be breaking down the new Alabama coach. Heck yeah. So, all right. Go Vols, baby. Go Go Vols. Vols.